This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like pollen. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one kid kid, pet stay black, ultra black, me for southern loop, fly talking, the most interesting bird in podcasting, the troll of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. It's May 15th, 2022, and I want to apologize in advance if my voice sounds uneasy or raspier than usual. Uh, This pollen season has been an everyday ongoing struggle, and the last couple days, I think it's getting the better of me. It's not like I'm a stranger to pollen completely. Uh, We get pollen in Ohio, and we were getting pollen in Texas when I lived there. But I think the difference maker this time around is I have to go outside every time I smoke Um, out of respect for my roommate. uh, You know, initially it it was his place and he gave me the green light to be his roommate. And, you know, like I said, out of respect, that's the house rules. No smoking inside. So every time I step out, I got to smoke inside and the pollen. It's just like where our patio is set up. It just feels like, and it looks like, smells like, it's raining pollen. Uh, You know, there are a lot of trees surrounding our our apartment building or our townhouse buildings. And so that shit is just scattering in the sky. Dropping in our head, up our nostrils. And, you know, I smoke. That's the life I chose. Or better yet, that life chose me. So I know some people are thinking, well, maybe you should stop smoking or slow down on the smoking. Well, maybe your mom needs to stop yanking my nards. But she does she does give good mean hand jobs. Yeah. Can I talk right today? Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's an ongoing struggle. So I've been doing a lot of hawking yakking the the mucus up out of my membrane uh up out of my system just trying to collect all of that shit once i feel a lump in the throat it's hot like those penn state nittany lion uh sound bites that's been me friday and saturday and i guess this sunday morning but yeah pollen fucking sucks I I really hate that feeling of just feeling groggy and congested and it's just like, what can you do? It's that time of the year. Now, last week's episode, I got so ahead of myself. I got so ahead of myself trying to do the most, a bunch of things at once, and I forgot to mention the Chappelle attack. Uh, I didn't get to put my two cents on it. And uh, the main thing is I'm glad that the dude got his ass beat. Uh, I've heard various explanations as to why he did it. Uh, Someone told me that he was a budding rap artist and he wanted to get his demo out or he wanted to get some uh, some reputation, some kind of acknowledgement, uh, you know, some attention, bring some attention to himself. Um, That's not the way to go, if that's the case. And then I've also heard and this is the main story, the main explanation. I've heard that 
his grandmother's house is getting sold out or whatever uh, because of gentrification. His grandma's house is getting phased out. And if that's the case, your grandma is going to get broke off. If that's the case, they don't just take people's homes and they're like, oh, yeah, I want you to just like stay at the budget inn down the street. Nah. The government pays these families. So once again, it makes no sense for the man to bum rush the stage. And of all people, let's say that was the case. Your grandma was facing, uh, you know, getting phased out of her neighborhood and, you know, the gentrification has gotten to you and you just fucking went on a, a tearing spree. Dave Chappelle, of all celebrities, he's the type of person he might want to, like, help you out. It just doesn't add up. The fact that, like, he said he lived on Skid Row. He's homeless. How the fuck did you get into a Dave Chappelle concert with all of those comedians? It was a Netflix special they were shooting for. If you're poor, you're broke, and, and, you know, living on Skid Row, it's not the best area to be in it's where all the homeless folks live downtown LA if that's the case how did you set foot into that venue make it make sense Jeff Bridges Jesus make it make sense um talking with this lozenge in my mouth gotta clear it out but yeah luckily bus a bus apparently Jamie Foxx and they even said John Stewart yes that John Stewart daily show we're throwing in some blows in the aftermath, the guy had his fucking whole arm rearranged, looking like a G.I. Joe figure, going every which way. And let that be a lesson. Punks jump up to get beat down. Everybody ain't Chris, man. Who, hey, no slight against Chris. He handled it like he should, like a professional. But I'm just saying, just because they're comedians and they say, ha ha, funny shit, that's their nine to five people take that shit and think they're sweet you just going to assume that a big name comedian is rolling solo all the time every time you don't know who that man has with them behind the curtain behind stage in the dressing room in the green room well he found out he fucked around and found out Regardless, whatever your explanation was, it doesn't make sense. And who gives a fuck? And I've said this before, I'll say it again. From the Department of the Redundancy Department, Dave Chappelle needs to be protected by the culture. He is a icon. He is a leader of the culture. He should be protected at all costs. Uh, and the, the Kevin Samuels thing, I you know, I, I can't stop harping on this. Uh, once again, RIP to the brother. Uh, it's unfortunate uh, that he had to leave us uh, that early in the game. But Vivica Fox over the week, she went viral speaking her two cents about how she feels about Kevin Samuels. And she's one of those ragamuffins who's saying like, well, karma's a bitch, ain't it? And I'm like, well, it is not karma. The man passed away, which is something we're all going to do because that's how life works, Vivica. So with your logic, karma is going to take care of all of us. I agree. Karma is very real. The fact that this man died, what, what karma? What karma? Oh, it's because you're just in your fields. 
I tell you, a hit dog will holler. A hit dog will holler. This man just kept it all the way funky with these women who've been living in La La Land, so used to having lies told to them. And then here comes a man who just fucking, not with a Ginsu, not a, not just any night, with a Ginsu just slash that shit right back into reality let me wake you up out of your slumber with this bullshit you've been having just dwelling in your head all these years and these women feel a certain way to the point where they're rejoicing about a man's death a premature death all because they disagree with his opinions they disagreeing with the truth it's not even his opinion he was just laying out facts actual factual that a lot of people a lot of men are not willing to talk about in public because they know the aftermath they know that on the opposite end on the flip side that a lot of people will just start saying oh well you probably don't like women anyway you're gay and like usually that'll let you know and they're letting us know all of these hood booger Lawrence Taylor shoulder blade having yeah y'all showing y'all's true colors rejoicing in a man's death a black man's death mind you it's just really showing how whack you are do better because karma is real word to Vivica and speaking of Kevin Samuels uh, he was in the latest episode of Atlanta. Very interesting. Uh, it's called Rich Wigga, Poor Wigga. I believe that's the name of the title. And I believe that was the season finale. Uh, and it's just ironic that the same week he passes away, the episode where he's featured in just comes to air. I believe he passed away. What was it? Tuesday Tuesday no no he passed away Wednesday or Thursday last week and then just this previous Thursday they aired the episode with him in it just I mean you should check it out Atlanta they're doing the damn thing and uh, I'm, I'm ready for season four we've waited long enough man we need these seasons back to back like Drizzy and another big ticket item over the week Actually, on May 9th, last Monday, Young Thug was arrested in Atlanta on gang-related charges. Young Thug and Gunna were among the 28 people associated with YSL who were charged in a 56-count Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, the RICO indictment, in a state court. Following a search of his home, he was charged with seven additional felonies related to possession of illegal substances and illegal firearms. He was held at the Fulton County Superior Court. District Attorney Fannie Wells is prosecuting his case. And all of this stuff goes over my head. I don't keep up with the the rap beefs and all of that like I used to. Apparently, he's been having some beef with YFN Lucci. And, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it because, hey, I wasn't there. I don't do gang things. I don't attend gang activities i don't attend gang conferences or meetings what have you i do know that young thug is one of the top hip-hop stars 
currently, and Gunna is on his way. I mean, he just put out Pusha P this year, and that is banging. Him and Future and Young Thug are on that song, and that shit is going to be heard a lot this summer. I already know. I just... I, I, I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Call me collect on Sundays, but... I'm from the outside looking in and you reach a certain point in life to where you got to leave that street shit alone. I just, the man's in jail. What's, what's he going to do? I mean, you guys had an issue. He's in jail. Like why even be concerned about it? But Hey, what do I know? I don't know nothing. Just a nigga with a podcast. Now the Grizzlies, I was really pulling for them Grizzlies, but no jaw, no dice, no chance. And the Warriors eliminated the Grizzlies at home. It was game six. And, uh, you know, hey, try better next time. Get them next year. So now the Warriors are awaiting the winner of the Dallas and Phoenix series. And between those two, I really want Phoenix to pull it off. I have nothing against Dallas. I I like Luka, uh, Baby Bird, Dirk Jr., whatever you want to call him. The man's got game. And Brunson has been stepping up to the plate this series. Really, this whole playoffs he has. But that's not enough for Golden State. And I feel like Phoenix, if anybody out of the two teams that's left on that other side, on the West, Phoenix has the better chance. And come on, Phoenix. Come on. I'm pulling for you, Phoenix. The Boston... Milwaukee series, that's heating up. It's been heating up. Jason Tatum went mindless on Friday. I mean, it was a, a duel between him and Giannis. And Tatakumpo, Tatakumpo, He just, what can you do with Giannis? Like, you just hope the man misses. He's gangly. He has the wingspan of a bald eagle. Damn near seven foot. Can run the court. Can dribble. Only thing he's missing is a three-pointer. And if he gets that down, psh, forget about it. But yeah, Boston, they look nice too, man. They got a nice young roster. And I've been saying Marcus Smart is not a starting point guard. Well, you shut me the fuck up this year because he's a defensive player of the year. And his team could possibly be going to the Easter Conference Championship. Um, someone who won't be going to the Easter Conference Championship are the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we've been trying to trust the process, and I just feel bad for Joel Embiid. He's trying his hardest. I feel like Joel Embiid is the last person who trusts the process. I don't even think the GM, the coach, Doc Rivers doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. James Harden is just collecting checks at this point. He's just out there. No game plan in mind. He's just out there on the court existing. And this is not James Harden from OKC. This is definitely not James Harden from the Houston days. This ain't the same guy. I feel like the trade with him and Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn, it's a stalemate. Yeah, he's playing, but shit. I can't tell. Took two shots in the whole 
fucking what second half they said or two points some crazy shit that's not James Harden he's already proven that he can't be the alpha damn now you can't even be the Robin you can't even be the the nice side piece the the Pippin you you can't even step up to that plate Harden what are you doing bro what are you doing you're considered one of the top 75 players of all time your teammates are doubting you you basically took Ben Simmons spot Philly they probably want you gone already and you haven't even played a full season that's how bad your playoff performance has been but I digress and I I gotta say congrats to Joker uh, Jokic out there in Denver Uh, he's a back to back MVP second MVP two years in a row and I just can't help but think he has more MVPs than Kobe being Bryant that's just wild that's just wild that's all I got on that now on Friday the big talk on Friday was Kendrick's latest album he's back after a five year hiatus with a double album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers you know, you're not considered a legend in this rap game if you don't have a double album. If you want to be up there in the pantheon of top MCs, the greatest rappers, you gotta have a double album on your resume. And he made sure he got this notch on his belt this time. And it's different. It's a different Kendrick. It's an older Kendrick. And this album is more personal. Uh, the beat selection... It's more, uh, you could say, Andre 3000-esque from Love Below era. Yeah, and I'm not mad at it. It's very experimental. I I don't even know what tracks could be selected to be heard on the radio. None of these songs, in my opinion, are crafted to be played on the radio, which I'm fine with because fuck radio. But Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, it is 18 tracks, one hour and 13 minutes long. Uh, He's got features from Kodak Black, uh, which I enjoy. Uh, It's called Silent Hill. And uh, he's got a track with Summer Walker and Ghostface Killer called Purple Hearts. Um, We Cry Together. Um, I mean, look, if you're going into it expecting the radio jingle Kendrick, you're not going to get it. But... If you're just a hip-hop fan who likes great experimental progressive artistry within the rap game, you need to check out Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. And on that same day, on Friday, Quell Chris releases his latest album, Death Fame. And I had to look up Quell Chris, and I found out that he is a, another rapper from Detroit. And you got me sold already. Now, playing his album Death Fame uh, is 14 tracks, 41 minutes and 58 seconds. And instantly, I I got Jay Dilla, Mad Lib vibes as far as the production. Um, And Jay Dilla, another Detroit guy, uh, you know, the late, great Jay Dilla. But Quell Chris, I have to listen to this again. Um, there are a couple tracks I, I liked was it the agency of the future that's one of them it doesn't really have too many features on here and the ones that are on here you probably never heard of but yeah 
Death Fame by Quell Chris. Detroit rapper. Enough said. But all things May 15th. In 1987, Molly Crew releases the album Girls, 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 and on that same day, Jane's Addiction releases their self-titled debut album. In 1992, Lethal Weapon 3 premieres in theaters. In 1995, Stone Temple pilot singer Scott Weiland is arrested outside a motel in Pasadena, California for possession of heroin and cocaine. R.I.P. In 1998, the movies Bullworth and Clockwatchers premiered in theaters, never seen either. In 2001, Missy Elliott releases the album Missy, So Addictive, Banker. And on that same day, Weezer releases the Green album. I remember getting that when it came out. That's the one that's got uh, Island Song. Um, I don't know. It's got a couple on there, but Island Song is my shit. Or no, Island in the Sun. That's what the shit's called. In 2009, the movie Angels and Demons premiered in theaters. And also in 2009, Eminem releases Relapse. In 2012, Killer Mike releases the album Rap Music. In 2015, Mad Max Fury Road premieres in theaters. But more important to me than all of that shit, in 2001 when Missy Elliott releases Missy So Addictive and Weezer releases the Green album, Tool releases their album, Lateralis. And on the same day I bought Weezer's Green album, I bought Lateralis. It was my senior year in high school. We're, uh, we're actually on our way out. We already got our classes done. We're basically uh, doing our graduation ceremony practices and shit. We can just lay back in Cadillac. And on that day, May 15th in 01, I was already a fan of Tool. Listen to their previous albums, uh, Undertow and Enema. And Lateralis, man, it, it blew me away from the, the first track, Grudge. Tool is probably top 10 favorite bands of all time if not top 10 they're they're definitely cracked top 15 but uh yeah I, I was fortunate to see them in houston they came to the toyota center and put on a hell of a show uh, with primus of all bands opening up for them just very talented musicians from the bass the drums the, i mean danny carey one of the best drummers in that field man uh adam jones uh one of the more experimental guitarists he tries different things uh, creates new sounds and what needs to be said about maynard james keenan he's very eccentric but he is the soul i mean he's the heart of the band i mean he his weird eccentricities uh, even with perfect circle uh, that adds to the mystique of tool so yeah man shout out to tool and shout out to lateralis Today in sports history, in 1938, Buck O'Neill makes his debut playing for the Negro League baseball team, Kansas City Monarchs, at Rupert Stadium in Kansas City. In 1941, Joe DiMaggio starts his 56-game hitting streak, but the Yanks would lose 13-1. In 1953, in his first world heavyweight title defense, Rocky Marciano knocks out former champion Jersey Joe Walcott in the first round at Chicago Stadium. In 1973, California Angel Nolan Ryan has his first no-hitter, beating the Kansas City Royals 3-zip. 
1991, U.S. President George H.W. Bush takes Queen Elizabeth to an Oakland A's Baltimore Orioles game. In 1999, the Columbus Crew Stadium, which is now the historic Crew Stadium, is the first major league soccer stadium constructed in the United States. And that was my half-assed sports report. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the Tool album, Lateralis, released on this day in 2001. We'll be black after these messages. Take you all to the land of the lost While you break back mountains like Jake Gyllenhaal Jill jacking off me, she can get involved Watch your little flea flickers just be itching on your balls Y'all's ninjas better recognize in the lakes I'm Jaws, got them all terrorized Protagonized cause I'm anti-villainous Some of these lames act so reptilian Snakes on the grass so I stay on the sidewalk Making sure I don't get out line and chalk yeah, in your mind you a beast of reality I'm in the deep sea praying on humanities I'm on a conquest in this final fantasy I'm going over their head just like a canopy beast On a track, nothing more, nothing less Like Candyman 2, farewell to the flesh I'm saying no, I'm saying no I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt I'm saying no I'm saying no, I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt. Ah oh shit, start of the mosh pit, cause the flow goes long as the neck of an ostrich. My camp's concentrated, no Auschwitz Take a phony MC and we hold up a hostage Too like to fight, you're too thin to win I am Spider-Man, Peter Parker with a pen Ready for the world like a lion out of his den Watch me eat him up alive, I'll be chewing through your skin Circle around, pray before I'm going in I'm a predator, my hitters like a shark spin Bumping with the bass lines, how we get them Pulsating in your face with the steady rhythm Now they wanna talk smack like the frog dig them They don't know I'm one of those five dozen venoms I'm the bomb, I'm LeBron, I'll be hanging like Saddam I'll be cool, staying calm and quiet before the storm I'm saying no, I'm saying no I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt I'm saying no, I'm saying no I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt I'm saying no, I'm saying no I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt I'm saying no I'm saying no, I hit this track running, I'm like Usain Bolt and a special mention to those no longer with us. On Monday, we lost American professional basketball player, Adrian Payne. 
Born Adrian D'Angelo Payne on February 19, 1991 in Dayton, Ohio, he played in the National Basketball Association for the Atlanta Hawks, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Orlando Magic, as well as for several European and Asian teams. Payne played college basketball for the Michigan State Spartans. On May 9, 2022, Payne was fatally shot in Orlando, Florida, after he and his girlfriend had traveled to the home of Lawrence Doherty in an attempt to prevent a domestic dispute. Payne was transported to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. Doherty claimed he felt threatened by Payne's 6'10 height and believed Payne was reaching for a weapon, but he was arrested and charged with first-degree murder after police determined that Payne had not posed a threat. Payne was 31 at the time of his death. On Tuesday, we lost American basketball player Bob Lanier. Born Robert Jerry Lanier Jr. on September 10, 1948 in Buffalo, New York, he was a center for the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks of the National Basketball Association. Lanier was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1992. In 14 NBA seasons, Lanier played in eight NBA All-Star games and was named Most Valuable Player of the 1974 game. His accomplishments came despite a long history with knee injuries. He had his number 16 jersey retired by both the Pistons and the Bucks, and his number 31 jersey retired by St. Bonaventure University, for whom he played college basketball. After retiring from playing, he was an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors and briefly served as their interim head coach. He went on to work as an NBA Cares Global Ambassador. Lanier died on May 10, 2022, after a brief illness. He was 73. On this day in 2001, Lateralis was released. Lateralis is the third studio album by American rock band Tool, released through Volcano Entertainment. The album was recorded at Cello Studios in Hollywood, in The Hook, Big Empty Space, and The Lodge in North Hollywood, between October of 2000 and January of 2001. David Bottrill, who had produced the band's two previous releases, Enema and Saliva, produced the album along with the band, and became the last Tool album produced by Bottrill to date. On August 23, 2005, Lateralis was released as a limited edition, two-picture disc vinyl LP in a holographic gatefold package. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, selling more than 555,200 copies in its first week of release. It was certified double platinum by the RIAA on August 5, 2003. On February 13, 2015, the album was certified gold by the BPI. It was also certified platinum in Australia and double platinum in Canada. The band won the Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance for the song Schism in 2002. Lateralis was ranked number 123 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Definitive 200 list. Lateralis emerged after a four-year legal dispute with Tool's label, Volcano Entertainment. In January 2001, the band announced that their new album title would be Systema Encephale and provided a 12-song track list with titles such as River Christ, Number Reft, Encephatalis, and Music. File-sharing networks such as Napster were flooded with bogus files bearing the title names. At the time, Tool members were outspokenly critical of file-sharing networks in general due to the negative impact on artists that are dependent on success in record sales to continue their career. During an interview with New York Rot in 2000, Keenan stated, 
I think there are a lot of other industries out there that might deserve being destroyed. The ones who get hurt by MP3s are not so much companies or the business, but the artists, people who are trying to write songs. A month later, the band revealed that the new album was actually titled Lateralis, supposedly a portmanteau of the leg muscle, vastus lateralis, and the term lateral thinking, and that the name Systema Encephale and the track list had been a ruse. Lateralis and the corresponding tours would take Tool a step further toward art rock and progressive rock territory, in contrast to the band's earlier material, which has often been labeled as alternative metal. The album has also been described as progressive metal, and Rolling Stone wrote in an attempt to summarize the album that drums, bass, and guitars move in jarring cycles of hyperhow and near-silent death march. The prolonged running time of most of Lateralis' 13 tracks are misleading. The entire album rolls and stomps with sweet-like purpose. Joshua Klein of the AV Club in turn expresses opinion that Lateralis, with its 79-minute running time and relatively complex and long songs timed by a 10.5-minute music video for Parabola, posed a challenge to fans and music programming alike. Drummer Danny Carey said, The manufacturer would only guarantee us up to 79 minutes. We thought we'd give them two seconds of breathing room. Carey aspired to create longer songs like those by artists he grew up listening to. The band had segs to place between songs, but had to cut out a lot during the mastering phase. The CD itself was mastered using HD CD technology. Drummer Danny Carey sampled himself breathing through a tube to simulate the chanting of Buddhist monks for a parabola and banged piano strings for samples on reflection. The title track Lateralis incorporates the Fibonacci sequence. The theme of the song describes the desire of humans to explore and to expand for more knowledge and a deeper understanding of everything. The lyrics spiral out refer to this desire and also to the Fibonacci spiral, which is formed by creating and arranging squares for each number in the sequences 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8 pattern, and drawing a curve that connects to two corners of each square. Eon Blue Apocalypse is about Adam Jones' Great Dane named Eon, who had died from bone cancer. The track Mantra is the slowed down sound of Maynard James Keenan gently squeezing one of his cats. Overall, Lateralis was met with generally favorable reviews by mainstream music critics upon its initial release. Many of the responses mention the album's ambition and ability to confound listeners, such as Spin's summarization of it as a monolithic puzzle box. Rob Theakston reviewed the record for all music, where he claimed that Lateralis demands close listening from the first piece onward, as it becomes quickly apparent that this is not going to be an album one can listen to and accept at face value. Complex rhythm changes, haunting vocals, and an onslaught of changes in dynamics make this an album other so-called metal groups can learn from. David Frick of Rolling Stone also measured the album up to earlier works from the 1996 Grammy-winning beast Enema. Here, Tool go to extravagant lengths to drown you in sensation. In a review for Kerrang!, David Everly claimed it's the most perfectly played, perfectly produced record you're likely to hear, this or any other year, and that it was one of the greatest albums you'll hear in your lifetime. Writing for Enemy, Andy Capper also approved of it. Lateralis has added a little more color to their palette of chanting, drumming, and high drama. Singer Maynard James Keenan has been unaffected by the comparative tunefulness of his side project A Perfect Circle, while the stripped-down nature of the instrumentation means that Tool's innate heaviness shines out in a world of production tricks and dodges. There's no trickery. Tool's progressiveness is all their own work. 
The album was a commercial success in the United States, debuting at number one in the U.S. Billboard 200 Albums Chart with over 555,200 copies sold in its first week of release. On August 5, 2003, the album was certified double platinum by the RIAA, and on April 30, 2010, the album was certified gold by the BPI for sales of 100,000 in the U.K. In addition, Lateralis was certified platinum by the ARIA and double platinum by MC. Happy anniversary, Lateralis. Tool still rocks. for May 15th. Turning 35 today is Scottish tennis player Andy Murray. Also turning 35 is American baseball player Michael Brantley. Turning 41 today is American actress and singer Jamie Lynn Sigler. Also turning 41 is Canadian baseball player Justin Morneau. American baseball player Josh Beckett turns 42 today. Turning 46 today is American football player and coach Ryan Leaf. Turning 47 today is American football player and sportscaster Ray Lewis. American football player and sportscaster Desmond Howard turns 52 today. Turning 53 today is American football player, sportscaster, and three-time Super Bowl champ of them Dallas Cowboys, Emmitt Smith. Happy 64th birthday to American football player and wrestler Ron Simmons. American football player and wrestler of the legendary Von Erich family, Kevin Von Erich, turns 65 today. Wow, Kevin's still ticking, man. He's the last one standing. Television anchor and sportscaster Dan Patrick turns 66 today. Happy 69th birthday to American baseball player and coach George Brett. And a very happy 82nd birthday to American basketball player, coach, and Hall of Famer Don Nelson. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Please make sure to check out my other show, Happen in the 90s, every Thursday with my buddy Matt G, Crushgasm with Kendra on Wednesdays, B3F Podcast, as well as Don't Worry, Be Movies with Amanda and Wade. And one more thing, men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies. Men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies. Men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies. And you know what else? Men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies. Y'all be cool now. Peace.